Today's Bible reading is from Psalm 19 and is on page 552 in the Red Church Bibles. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech, they use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words into the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his race. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making the wise simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive me my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and redeemer. Thank you so much, Daniel and Zena. That was lovely. And um, good morning again. My name is Mike. I'm one of the pastors here. I'll be speaking in two short sections about that psalm. So if you do have a Bible, make sure you've got it open there. Page 552, Psalm 19. We human beings need to hear from God. Now this has been the case all through history, all around the world, even whether somebody believes in him or not, we need to hear from him. In the fourth century, an African bishop called Augustine of Hippo wrote this. You is speaking of God, you have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. You have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. But how can we know about God? We're just these tiny beings like ants creeping around on the surface of a small blue dot somewhere in the universe And God is the maker of that entire cosmos. How can we know about him? We can't know him unless he speaks to us. Otherwise, we're just making our best guess. And that can only get us so far. It can get us somewhere, but not that far. But people have been doing this since the dawn of time. Whenever archaeologists go and dig and discover an ancient site... They always find evidence of religion. They find statues of gods. They find temples, places of worship. They find altars, places where people try and meet and approach God. The whole human race has been reaching out for its maker ever since the beginning. But how can we really know him? The Bible explains that God speaks to us in two books. His world and his word. His world and his word. And this first little talk now is about God's world. If you look there at the psalm, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. 
and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. So this first part of the psalm, the first six verses, speak about God's world. In fact, not just the world, but the entire universe. And when we see the beauty and the grandeur of the natural world, there are times, aren't there, when it moves us deeply. If you've ever seen a clear night sky with many, many stars twinkling across that dark background like uh, jewels, it's almost set on a canvas. If you've ever seen a mountain range with the snow-capped peaks glistening in the far distance, if you've ever seen the sun rise, the gorgeous colors or the sun setting, you will know that these things have power to move us in, in a way that only great art can move us. And that's because they are great art. The Bible teaches us that the world is not an accidental bunch of molecules that sort of clung together, but it's the work of a great artist's hands. God has made it all, all things bright and beautiful, all creatures great and small. And so the psalm here declares, says that the heavens, the skies, declare the glory of God, and the skies actually preach about his handiwork, the stuff he's made. All day, every day, to everyone who is in the universe, the creation itself is singing out about God's power and his greatness and his beauty and his majesty. But look at verse 3. This is very important. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. There's no speech. So, although the message is going out, it's basically just a picture book. It is nonverbal communication. And that's good, but there's no words. So, from the world, from creation, we can all deduce certain things. We can know some things about God, some things about wisdom, some things about beauty, but we can't know that much. It's very limited. And as you know, nonverbal communication is easily misunderstood. We could have 10 people lined up here on the front row, and I could try and communicate something to them non-verbally, and you can bet there'd be more than one interpretation. In fact, some of them might be opposite. We might have communicated totally the opposite thing to what we intended. We need more if we're going to know God. We need more than the creation because we are the only creatures that have language. Now, the last time I made a statement like that in this church, a young boy who was very quick-witted turned to his dad and said, what about parrots? And that word quickly spread down the row and they were all giggling. It's true that parrots do have some language, but they're not understanding it. They're just repeating sounds. If they were understanding it, do you think parrots would say what we teach them to say? I wonder. We need language. We need God. How, how, how can we know God unless he speaks to us? We've got so much from his world, but we need more. And what we're going to think about a little bit later is how God does speak in the other book, which is his word. Thank you. We're going to uh, 
sing again, so I'm going to ask the music group to come up. We're going to sing a, a favourite of David's, um, which speaks of the word that the creation gives us. So, David, do you want to step up? Who's going to do the Makaton sign language for this? We have old actions for this, but what you're going to see is the Makaton sign language. We would be really keen for you to join in if you feel the need. And I'm going to try and get it as well. So uh, there we go. Thank you very much. I'll hand you back to Mike. Well done, everyone. Especially David debuting there on the Makaton. And band, the music, just wonderful today. Thank you. So we started off with this thought and this this statement that we human beings need to hear from God. It's been true all through history, all around the world, even whether we believe in him or not. And we thought about how the Bible teaches that God speaks to us in two books, his world and his word. They've just sung about the rising of the sun to the going down. The psalm says that the sun rises at one end of the heavens, makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. Everybody sees the sun. But the communication from the sun about God, about wisdom, about beauty can only go so far. We need language. We need more. So God gave us more. He spoke. He is the God who speaks. And I wonder if you've ever seen a very wise adult, maybe a very senior adult, a very wise person, stoop down and speak to a little child or an infant. And just how a person can bring down their speech to the level of a very young infant or a child, a child and make themselves understood and speak in a way that the child can understand. The very greatest people know how to come down to a young child's level to communicate appropriately. And in the Bible, it says that God has come down to our level and spoken through his word. We call it the Bible, which means a library. It's a library of 66 books. And this, this word has two parts. We call them the Old Testament and the New Testament. And Psalm 19, where we're looking today, is talking about the Old Testament, which was sometimes called the law. The whole of it was called the law. And it says in verse 7, this is in contrast to creation, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm. All of them are righteous. It's talking about the Bible. Verses 7 and 8 point out that we are spiritually blind and we need to be enlightened. We are spiritually dry, and we need to be deeply refreshed. We are spiritually depressed, and we need to find joy. And verse 9 points out that we need moral guidance. We need firm 
things to build our lives on to know the right way to live. And we can't get these things from nature, but we do get them from God's word. And so the great verses, I'm just going to read them out again. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. Have you ever seen and touched real gold? Near where we used to live in South Manchester was a shop that sold jewelry for the Asian community. And the jewelry in there was all made of gold. And the way it would be priced was, to, was based on the, the weight of the jewelry. So you could ask them, how much is that necklace? And they would take it and weigh it and work out the price of gold that day, and that's how much the jewellery was worth. I once went in there thinking of, asking, of buying something for my wife until I found out how much the price of gold was. Then <laughs> I quickly backed away. Gold is so precious. It's, so, it's, it's glorious. I mean, I've got a little bit of gold here on my finger. I've had it for 25 years. It's still shiny. It's valuable. You know, I could still take it into a shop and, and sell it for something. I can't get it off my finger, though, so there's no chance of that. It's so precious. Have you ever seen and tasted honey? You haven't? We're going we're to get you some honey today. You don't like it? Oh, well. How do you know you haven't tasted it? Well, Nina's going to have to discover honey. But let me tell you, Nina, it is delicious, really delicious. And after all those things that Sophie put Graham through earlier on, it's a good job you didn't have an allergy to one of those things, Graham. We could have been performing some maneuvers here. <laughs> At last, she gave him the honey, which is sweet. And honey also is healing. I've had a terrible throat for the last two weeks, and my daughter made me a cup of tea full of honey. Oh, that was good. I recommend it. Not only did it taste good, but it soothed the throat. So these verses are saying that God's speech to us, his word to us, is like gold, so precious, and like honey, so sweet and healing. How does it, why does it, why is it so precious and sweet? The answer is because God's word shows us the way to live the life we really need. Look at verses 12 to 14. Who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. These verses admit the, the, the fact that's true of all of us is that we all do bad things at times. We all think wrong things. We have impure motives. We sometimes hurt people. We sometimes think things that we should, we should never think. We sometimes speak in such a way that it's damaging. We have faults. Not all the time. Sometimes we can live very well. But deep down, we can be guilty of the things that this psalm says. Errors. Hidden faults. Willful sins. That's deliberately sinning. And so we have all this going on. How can we know how to live? How can we be forgiven? 
through God's word. Speaking to us, showing us what he is like and what we are really like and explaining to us the way to be rescued. And then verse 14 says a wonderful thing. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. What this is saying is that our words and our thoughts can actually be made beautiful and good so that they are acceptable and pleasing to a holy God. That's amazing. It's amazing to think that. That you could be thinking in such a way and speaking in such a way that God would love to hear what you're saying and thinking. How can it happen? And the answer is, if we live according to his words and thoughts, then our words and thoughts will be made great and good too. And we can only knew that, know what his words and thoughts are through the word that he's given us. And the person who shows us best what that is like came into our world about 1,000 years after this poem was written. His name was Jesus. And one of the descriptions that the Bible has of Jesus is it calls him the Word of God. The Word of God. It says that the Word, Jesus, made the universe. And then the Word, Jesus, became flesh. And he lived for a while among us. So here is the astonishing thing that has happened, friends. Not only has God spoken to us in the world, not only has God spoken to us in language in his word, now he has come to us as a human being, the word made flesh, Jesus Christ, to communicate to us the way to life. And that's why we're running this course starting on Tuesday evening called Almost Too Good to Be True. This course actually is based in Luke's Gospel for the next six weeks. And everyone is welcome. It's free, six weeks on Tuesday nights. Come and speak to me or Graham afterwards. Because through that word, we will get to know Jesus. The word we need to know to find life. To be restored and put back together to be forgiven, to have a future with God. So, in conclusion, God's word is utterly vital for life. It is as important to you as water and oxygen. Without it, we will wither and die. So at King's Church, we're committed to making that word available to as many people as possible. King's Church's mission is to call all people to an ever-growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we can only get that through the word of God. And so we want to make this word accessible to as many people as we can. Will you pray with me now for God's help in this great task? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you didn't leave us on our own, scratching around on this world, wondering about the meaning of things, but you came and spoke. Thank you that you stooped down and spoke to us through the prophets and the apostles in the scriptures and preeminently that you sent your son, the living word, Jesus Christ, to come and speak to us. Lord, we thank you. Help us to be good listeners to you. Help us also to be a church that is open 
to as wide a range of people as possible mm. to hold out this word of life. Amen. Amen. Amen.